Welcome to the AWS Rethink Podcast, here to help you rethink your strategy in the cloud. I'm your host, Nolan Chen. And I'm your host, Malini Chatterjee. Today, our guest is Mahesh Birader, Senior Solutions Architect serving Northeast commercial customers. He is here today to talk to us about observability in the cloud. Yes, welcome, Mahesh. Uh, but before we begin, can you tell us about your background and what you do here at AWS? Hey, sure. Thanks, Nolan. Thanks, Malini, for hosting me. So I'm the Senior Solutions Architect at AWS. I help commercial customers in the Northeast region. And before joining AWS, I spent most of my career in helping maintain the operational health. And most of my time was spent in the uh, banking domain, right, the finance domain. So for good operations, monitoring and alerting are key aspects, right? So you can imagine this topic is very near and dear to my heart. And I do have experience of working on various observability tools throughout my career. So looking forward to have a productive discussion. Okay, welcome Mahesh. Well, then let's get right down to it. Uh, so, so for those of us who are new to the topic, can you tell us uh, what is observability and why it might be important to customers? So typically think of it like, like having a workload, right? So you have a certain business, business function and you have a workload to achieve that business function. So think of a workload as a collection of resources and code that delivers this business value, such as a customer facing application. For example, your CRM software um, or a retail website or, or anything that that is a customer facing and delivers a business value. Or it can be a backend process. For example, end of day batch processing, right? So th throughout the day, you have certain records that you've gathered and towards the end, you have a batch that runs that behind the scene. Nothing customer facing, but but it, it's it's in itself, it adds onto the business value that you are providing to the customers. Now this workload, you can also refer to them as a system. So the resources that you're using for this, right, along with the infrastructure that they are hosted on, continuously produce a lot of signals. So when I say signals, think of it as a metrics, logs, or, or traces that they generate, right? So there are some that are by default generated by your OS or, or uh, the, the machine that it's hosted on. And there are some that your application developers write for, for, for uh, producing it um, to the, for the tools. So observability is the capability to continuously generate and discover, right? So it's the, the key word here, remember, continuously generate and discover the actionable insights. Actionable insights based on the signals produced by the system under observation, right? So the, we just talked about what system is. Now you put the system under observation, uh, observation, and when you say observability is the capability to continuously generate and discover the insight based on the signals produced by that system. So in other words, observability allows users to understand your system state from the output that it produces. Okay, and, and by looking at that output, you now are empowered to take the corrective actions. So the questions, right? Like when, when your users are interacting with the systems, they reach out to you for various reasons. And then there are like some of the questions, think of it like um, some of the examples for the question that you might hear is, is my system up or down? Is it fast or slow? 
as experienced by the end users, right? Or what KPIs or SLAs should be established? And how do we know if they're being met? So when, when you're operating at cloud speed and scale, you cannot afford to fly blind, right? So you need to be able to answer a wide range of operational and business questions like those. So you need to be able to spot the problems as they arise. And mostly you want to spot, identify these problems before they even disrupt the customers. And you want to be able to respond quickly, right? And resolve them quickly as possible. So to, to achieve these insights, it's, it's very important to have the system and, or have a good observability on, on these systems. Okay, thanks. Um, yeah, so when I first heard the word observability, I was just thinking, you know, it's about observing or looking at what's happening. But I like how you said it's actually about the capability. I think the words you use was continuously generate, and discover actual insights based on signals. So that, that's what's yeah. going to help customers know if a system's up or down or the end users are experiencing faster or slower performance. Precisely. Thanks, Mahesh. I heard that you mentioned about how you need the capability to spot the problems as they arise and also respond to them quickly and resolve them so that the system is you know, always up and running and you prevent it from the system being down or the experience of the end users are not impacted. Um, so in that regards, can you please explain what are the different approaches to observability? So yeah, so think of different approaches to observability. Like observability is basically foundation to monitoring, right? There are three pillars to observability. Three key pillars, metrics, logs, and traces. And when you think about the approaches, Firstly, let's let's talk about the metric-based approach. So this approach would involve collecting and analyzing the metrics. So metrics is basically numerical numerical measurements, right? And and these measurements can be for the various aspect of the system's performance, such as response time, error rates, or our resource utilization, memory utilization. So so these kind of numerical metrics you can have report on them and then build the observability based on that. Then you have a log-based approach. So this one involves collecting and analyzing the logs. So logs are basically the textual records, right? So there are, like when you start writing the, uh, the code, you have a lot of, lot, of, lot of libraries that help you produce these textual records of events and the activities within the system. So logs can be really helpful in understanding the sequence of event that led to the particular issue. So you can have logs traces, and then you can build the logs like insights based on the log. So we 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 do have a lot of tools that help you build the queries that can um, literally go into the logs and then fetch the uh, fetch the, the the metrics that that can help you understand the system state. So finally, you have traces based approach that involves the instrumenting the system. So instrumenting the system, meaning like, you know, you can you can have certain uh, logs written and this involves some development effort as well. So this instrumenting so the system will help you capture and trace, trace the individual request as they flow through the various components, right? So tracing can provide a detailed understanding of the interactions between different components and it will help you identify the bottlenecks and performance issues. 
And in addition to this, you also have something called synthetic monitoring, right? So synthetic monitoring is where you can simulate the user behavior, right? So you'll have a script that can um, navigate through your system. So this will help you identify how long the system is taking or, or if there are errors that is happening. So even before it impacts the real user, you can identify them before and then uh, rectify that. You also have something called uh, real user monitoring, right? So this approach involves the, uh, again, collecting and analyzing the data directly from the users. So you can have a JavaScript inserted onto the, uh, the, the end site that the users are using, and then you can literally capture their flow through the systems. So user-centric observability can help identify the usability issues and the actual customer pain points, right? So these are the actual customer interactions, which, which most of the customers choose to have. That way they can literally observe how customers are interacting with the systems and what their experience is. Okay, thanks Mahesh. So, I mean, you talked a lot about metrics, logs, and traces, and those are concepts that are, are not new to the cloud. They've been around on many on-prem systems. I'm curious, can you tell us how observability is in the way it works? How's it different in the cloud? Observability in cloud is different from traditional on-premises system because the cloud environments are typically more dynamic, more dynamic, distributed, and complex, right? So cloud environments are also highly scalable, meaning they can quickly add or remove resources as the demand fluctuates. So these factors actually make it slightly challenging to maintain the visibility into the system's performance and behavior. So observability in cloud therefore needs to consider this factor into account. So when I say this factor, firstly, you should be able to design the monitoring at scale, right? So cloud environments can have thousands or even millions of individual components. So the observability in the cloud requires the tools that can scale horizontally and vertically to monitor these large distributed systems. When I say distributed systems, then it also brings the distributed tracing, right? So in, in cloud, you, you have systems that are, that are often built using microservices, which are small independent components that communicate with each other to perform a specific business functions. So your observability in the cloud also requires that distributed tracing, right? Which will allow developers to track a request as it moves through the multiple microservices and at the end, when you have that tracing uh, enabled, you can have the complete view of the system's behavior. And also, finally, the cloud environments are often designed to be self-healing and auto-scaled, right? So meaning they can detect and respond to issues and volumes automatically. So observability tools in the cloud must also be able to integrate these self-healing systems and then provide the data that can be used to improve the system's overall health and performance, right? So overall, in your observability in the cloud requires a comprehensive and sophisticated approach than the traditional on-premises systems. So by, by implementing these best practices, teams can now gain the insights into their performance and, and troubleshoot issues quickly and eventually build more reliable, scalable, and performance systems. Okay, so thanks for telling us how you know, the more dynamic, distributed and complex nature of the cloud requires a different kind of observability. Another term that's not necessarily unique to the cloud, but I think I hear a lot more buzz around with the cloud is application performance monitoring or 
APM. Can you tell us how observability relates to APM? So APM, yeah, application performance monitoring. So so before before I tell you that, right, let me tell you like how monitoring differs from observability. So monitoring tells you whether the system is working, right? And when it uh -huh. comes to the application performance monitoring, you use to measure, you use the metrics to measure if your application maintains that necessary service level, right? So if you, if it's performing uh, to the to the service level that you have agreed to, and observability, on the other hand, tells you how it is working or or why it is not working, right? So if if I were to put it in terms of analogy, think of a construction site, right? So if if you've been to New York uh, or, or any of the big cities, there's always some constructions going on. Sometimes, right? So if you're walking next to the construction site at your eye level, what you see is just you know the the, the part that is happening on the ground level. And same goes to the to the individual uh, workers who are working on a specific part. They just have visibility into their own specific areas, right? So now they're monitoring their own systems, making sure if something goes wrong, they can fix it right there and there. So all these individual workers have visibility into the part that they're working on. Now. Think of it as if you're viewing the same site from the top of the building next to it, right? Now, the, now what do you see? So you are on the top of this building and you have this one glass of pane and you can see the whole construction site at the same time. So you're seeing multiple cranes picking um, the heavy equipment from one place to another. You, you're seeing all these small, small pieces where all these workers are working. Now you have the full picture of how it's happening, right? So like when they mix the cement from at one place, you can see exactly where it's going next, how the different uh, set of people are using it and putting together. So you can literally see the whole building uh, and then different components working together to, to stand that building. So observability is that, right? Having the complete view of the uh, of the whole system or the whole the function that is happening. And monitoring on the other hand is, is like making sure each and individual pieces are working and you know alerting if they're not. So in really monitoring is the foundation to have the good observatory system in place. So so though, though the term monitoring is sometimes referred, defined as a different from visibility, monitoring is an activity that makes a system observable alongside other activities like tracing and logging. And you'll often see monitoring, tracing, logging, uh, you know, and then uh, as, as a three different pillars of observability. So you said uh, monitoring is foundational. Is it, does that mean it's also a part of good observability? Yes, yes. So you need to have these monitoring that will produce these these signals that will help you build that good observability in place. Okay. So then APM is a part of observability. Is that a correct statement? APM, yeah, you can you can you can say that, right? So the metrics that it produces can help you. Uh, Build that observability dashboards, the, the the single pane of glass that that we're looking to looking at. Okay, well, with that in mind, what are some of AWS solutions for observability? So, observability or AWS is part of the uh, AWS Cloud Ops. So, AWS Cloud Operations. So, if you if you look at our um, cloud operation site, you can have a full view of what observability solutions we offer. But think of it, you know, it's it's a full stack observability. On AWS, it includes the native services, uh, as you mentioned, the APMs, and in addition, we also support a lot of open source solutions. For example, a lot of our customers 
prefer using uh, Prometheus uh, open source, open open distro for open telemetry. So these together can can form the um, observability solutions on 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 AWS. So AWS observability lets you collect, correlate, aggregate, and analyze the telemetry in your network infrastructure and applications. Right. So so basically these insights will help you detect, investigate, and remediate the problems faster. And coupled with the artificial intelligence and machine learning capabilities that AWS offers, you will all not only be able to uh, detect, but you can proactively react and predict to prevent the problems. Um, there are a lot of customer examples that you can also find it, find it on our website. So AWS has helped many customers with their observability needs. For example, Mapbox was looking to consolidate all of their monitoring, logging, metrics, and alert alerting under one tool. AWS CloudWatch, in this case, has helped them achieve that, right? So it helped them alleviate the operational burden to set up, configure, and learn from the third-party systems. So CloudWatch also integrates with the third-party system that, that they have. We not only, like, uh, like, like, so any, any, any signals that the CloudWatch produces, you can also export it to the third-party systems like uh, Datadog or, or New Relic or other tools that you use, you can use the uh, signals from CloudWatch into those tools. So CloudWatch extensively helped them monitor the error rate, the status codes for the multiple high-profile workloads that they have, and it helped them enable the next level automation and expanded their capacity to the, uh, to, to expanded the capacity of each individuals that are working there to monitor effectively. Thanks, Mahesh for explaining all the different AWS solutions available for observability. Now, can you tell me what is this thing called observability-driven development? Cool, so, so that's the main topic that I wanted to uh, discuss today, right? So see, observability often, and almost like 15 years of my career that I've worked with the operational, uh, various operations teams, DevOps teams, I've always noticed that the, the setting up the monitoring alerting comes to the op, ops team at the end. So developers are done the building, there are some testing is done. And then once we do the production readiness review, then we uh, start talking about, hey, what kind of monitoring do you need? So monitoring and observability has most of the times been an afterthought. So what we're trying to tell here is, you know, shift left, like have your developers think about what the observability needs are, and based on those needs, they they start writing the code, right? So when, when you start writing the code, you write better logs, right? Instead of logging everything, log only the things that are relevant, right? Even for generating metrics, we so CloudWatch provides you the ability to create custom metrics. So know what your business KPIs are, and then just write info information to to get that get, uh, KPIs out, right? So either have the metrics, custom metrics built in and uh, generate it or have the log in a way that your observability tools can extract the KPIs that are not needed for the business. So in observability driven development, um, I'll, I'll start referring to this as ODD going forward, just, just to keep it simpler. So in ODD, 
application and infrastructure observability are elevated to the primary concerns in the development lifecycle, right? So, so the goal would be to build and benefit from the observability before, during, and after the application development, right? So, so with, with the right observability, your operational health, security, compliance, and business impact can be observed every step of the way. And 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 by the way, this this mindset aligns very well with the other strategies. If if you heard of like test-driven development, behavior-driven development, right? So in in terms of test-driven development, what happens? You write your unit test first, and then you write the code to satisfy the test, right? So it it aligns well with with some of these uh, other star-driven development strategies. So like TDD and BDD, application components can be stubbed out at the start of the development. So, so they do not need to be at the final form, but but you need to have an idea of like what your components are going to be, what infrastructure are going to uh, are you, are you going to host it on, with observability as your primary concern. We can add environments in which the components will be deployed, and make sure that these environments are also observable. So instead of relying on on the uh, on the automated or or the predefined metrics that these environments produce. You can think ahead, and you know start like start thinking like what kind of um, the logs that you need to make these environments observable, and then finally you can leverage the automation where possible. That way, your environments are as similar as possible, right? So so you you can reduce the unintended variations in these environment components. So think to think of in another way, you know, Chef, Puppet, CloudFormation, Terraform, and then similar tool. They help maintain the application component and infrastructure in one place as a code and help with observability. So it's not just related to the software development, it's also for the infrastructure development. So, so in short, observability driven development is, is start thinking your observability needs early on in your development cycle. Thanks, Mahesh. So if I understand you correctly, so starting with the shift left concept aligning with test driven development or the behavior driven development it is also uh, important to think of observability driven development and that can help not only align from the software development perspective collecting those uh, logs metrics and uh, traces but also considering the infrastructure as a code Yes, and 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 uh, the the instrumentation is also essential part right, that I want to mention here. Like the you saw it in in cloud, we talked about it. You need to have the distributed tracing so that you can have the overall view of of your system. And this distributed tracing is not something that you can add after. As you're writing the code, you know what what components are. You know which function, which component is processing the the request at this time. You know where it's gonna go next. So if you do the tracing so tracing for for you to have the tracing you need to instrument your code that means you need to write some segmentation some information as you're writing the code so if you think of these requirements ahead of the time you would be able to write much more effective tracing got it got it so yeah i think uh now that we have learned a little bit more about observability and observability-driven development, how can the customers get started and learn more? So to start with, you know, the AWS Cloud Operation page will have a lot of resources. 
but I would highly encourage everyone to look at our one observability workshop. So AWS has this amazing workshop on observability. That, that's like one-stop shop, right? So all your observability needs in that single page. Uh, if you do it on, on one of the AWS supported event, even if you don't do it, even if you want to do it on yourself, we have a CloudFormation template that will help you create the underlying infrastructure, right? For, for you to play around with observability, you need something observable, right? So, so we take that button away. We'll, we'll give you that cloud formation template that will deploy the underlying infrastructure for you. And then the step-by-step -step guide will take you through all the um, observability needs and all the tools that we have on AWS. Logs, how do you write the better logs insights? Um, how do you generate the metrics? How do you write the custom metrics? How do you do the custom widgets for the dashboards? The AWS native tools, there's the two sections. One section takes you through the AWS native tools to build the observabilities. The second section is the section that that helps you leverage the open source tools on AWS. So both of these sections, if you go through, pick pick and choose whichever you want, and then you know you can you can literally play around and, and experience the whole observability landscape that we have to offer. You can also reach out to your AWS account team, you know schedule a customized immersion day or the workshop that, that fits your need and, and go through that. We also have a separate workshop for observability development, right? So what does this workshop do? It, it takes you through, like we, we have a selective modules that help you one where you can write a better dashboard, right? So instead of showing the error, now this workshop takes you through the first error, you just see the error and the second uh, update to that is like what that error is for, right? So if your dashboard showed um, like like you have an error, oh, but because this is coming, this is coming because of the release yesterday. So so that additional information, how do you write it? It explains that, and it also takes you through how you write the custom code, um, separate lambda function to get the separate metrics, and how do you do the instrumentation? So this is very very focused on observability development. Maybe you can you can share mm -hmm. more information if you reach out to your teams. Well, that's all the time we have today. I'd like to thank you, Mahesh. I think you've helped our customers rethink their observability strategy in the cloud. We would also like to thank our listeners for joining us today. Please send us your feedback by emailing us at rethinkpodcast at amazon.com. Thank you. Until next time.